0: Welcome to Resident Advisors Exchange, our series of conversations with the artists, labels, and promoters shaping the electronic music landscape. My name is Mark Smith, and I'm the tech editor of Resident Advisor. Last year, the struggle for LGBTQIA rights in Poland became international news during Pride and Bialystok, where peaceful activists were confronted with far-right violence. The events led to fierce online debate in electronic music circles. Which ultimately caused the cancellation of a techno festival whose statements after the events caused widespread condemnation. Amidst propaganda from both church and state, the risk of violence from the right remains, forcing activists in music to think seriously about combating the threat. This panel recorded live at Polish festival Unsound last year attempts to offer paths to navigate this conflict and work towards a safer and more progressive future. Avtomat from Oramix, LGBT activist Miko Szawinski, and Unsound's Paulina Szaszek took part in the discussion, which was moderated by RA contributor Maya Roisin Slater. As always, you can find our full archive of exchanges on residentadvisor.net, and follow us on SoundCloud at RA-exchange. The panel from Unsound is up next.
1: Wandering through, like we were saying, I think a lot of people have just been sticking around for all of the different panel discussions. I um, wanted to mention that it's possible we'll be talking about violence, discrimination, and hate speech towards LGBTQIA people and the community writ large. So if this is something that's triggering to you or you just can't handle it today, it's been a long and very intense day, you can feel free to leave now or at any point. Um, during this discussion. I stand in solidarity with self-protection and self-preservation, so it's an open space for whatever reaction you have to what's coming up. And also for those unfamiliar with the abbreviation, LGBTQIA+, stands for lesbian, gay, bisexual, trans, queer, questioning, intersex, asexual, and the plus, includes everybody else under the umbrella of this community, including um, pansexual people and non-binary people that don't identify as trans. Um, we were just having a discussion before uh, this very talk about the plus, and I just wanted to give a little space to go into the plus, as um, Maybe the plus for some people is not so good, so.
2: Yeah, we just had a discussion about the plus. Uh, because in various communities, plus seems like an omission, Uh, just like a throwaway kind of uh, thing. So instead of that, we should either include all the letters or we should change it to something more diverse, such as gender and sexuality diversity or sexual orientation and uh, gender identity diversity. And looking at those provides us a bigger spectrum of identities. But it's up to the moment and we can talk about it how we want it now.
1: Do you want to go with SOJI or should we? Soji is. SOJI is nice. Do you want to explain what that acronym is? I think that we've just decided right beforehand that we're going to um, refer to the community with a new acronym for the purpose of this talk just to make things a little bit more inclusive for the reasons.
2: Yeah, so my end, the rest really like SOJI, so sexual orientation and gender identity, um, because it really nicely rolls off the tongue. So we can go with SOJI.
1: So we're going to go with SOJI as a. Uh, as a placeholder. We've so now we'll uh, just dive right in. We've um, heard already from some people that aren't me, but I'm joined today by some really incredible activists and artists and members of Poland's music community. And so I kind of would like to start with a little introduction round, if everybody could just giving your name, what you do in music in Poland, and also what kind of brings you to this subject. Sure.
3: Uh, hi, I'm Kajetan Łukomsky, Um I play uh, music under the n- name Automat and uh, I'm here uh, representing Oramix, uh, which is a collective uh, that's been working tirelessly <laughs> to, to ensure equality in, in, the, in the music scene, uh, especially for women, uh, for soji people, and, uh, for, and um, fighting also for equality of pay between uh, Central and Eastern Europe and uh, the Western world and doing loads of other things. Workshops, um, safe space, uh, monitoring the safer space, um, uh, policies in clubs. I think like, if anyone is interested in more, then they can refer to our page. Yeah, I'm a music producer, vocalist, and a DJ. And I also uh, work as an LGBT activist.
4: Welcome, Uh, my name is Paulina and I'm part of uh, UnSound team, Uh, I specialize in in communication of uh, cultural project and up till June uh, 2019, so a couple months before, uh, I was a PR manager of Spitalna One Club. I might be called an uh, activist, because uh, in my uh, endeavors I try to, um, when I'm doing stuff connected to music, I try to make it uh, more uh, multi-level. So um, I was working with uh, Miko from Kudova my and uh, as a part of uh, Szpital team with the rest of the team that was working with me up until uh, June 2019. So with Olivia, uh, who was uh, booking manager for um, two years of the club and um, Matik, uh, our tech guy, we started uh, to support um, Poly- uh, Krakow Pride and that's when we met with Miko. Uh, but yeah, I think we're gonna talk about this more later on. So I'm gonna pass Definitely. the mic to Miko.
2: <laughs> so I'm Miko, I'm from Query of MI uh, which is on NGO here in Krakow. Uh, we have started as an NGO organizing the Equality March, the Krakow Pride and the festival around it and over the years we grew with 10,000 attendees last year at the march itself and we moved to collaborating with clubs and musicians and DJs to provide more safer spaces in Krakow and outside.
1: Great, thank you. So I'd like to, yeah, jump right in and kind of illuminate the situation for Soja people in Poland um, by talking about a equality march that happened recently in the eastern Polish city of Białystok. Is that? Okay, all right. I watched a lot of YouTube videos about the pronunciation of this particular city this morning. So, yeah, can you guys start telling me a little bit about the city and the events that transpired there during this march?
2: Should I start with Białystok itself, maybe? Mm-hmm. Um I was there um, looking at what was going on, and to me it was a surreal experience, because I remember equality marches in, in Krakow years ago uh, that weren't as violent as what happened in Białostock. Just the sheer numbers of neo-Nazis right-wing Uh, people over there attacking the crowd. There were like 4,000, 5,000 neo-Nazis and 1,000 people in the march itself. What was shocking to me, for example, was also that the crowd was not only neo-Nazis per se, but it was also people from the streets, families with their children blocking the march or shouting and teaching their children how to shout swear words at the people attending the march. I didn't feel safe there, no one felt safe, but maybe to end it on a positive note uh, and how we should talk today about music is, I remember the moment, the most vivid moment for me was the moment when the music platform got to the front of the march, the organizers rolled off the rainbow flag and the music started blasting and people then like halfway through the march started putting a smile on their face and dancing and realizing that the, maybe it's not very safe but we can celebrate ourselves here. So it was a very beautiful moment for me.
1: Wow. So for those who don't know, um, this was the city's first march, right? Yeah. And can you tell me a little bit about like the history of equality marches? This is kind of like in many places they're happening for the first time, right? And so was there like warning that there would be this violence that happened. Did people expect it? If you could just, yeah, give a bit of context. See,
3: I think think this this is the thing that hasn't been brought up too much, Uh, that uh, almost all of the equality marches in Poland started violently, and some people seem to have forgotten it. Mm -hmm. This was especially shocking because for a couple of years now we've had peaceful marches, and... uh, some of them were even um, sanctioned by the local governments and, and uh, it was getting better. And, and now, like, out of the blue, because of the huge anti soji propaganda in, in Poland, uh, this happened and, and it, you know, brought everyone back to, to the more traumatic uh, time and place uh, for, for, for our people. Białystok um, is kind of, I don't want to generalize, but it's kind of well known for a big neo-Nazi presence there. The LGBTQIA crowd has, has it really bad there, um, which was definitely one of the the reasons that the march was held, right? Mm-hmm. But also we should commend these people for for their courage, right? Uh, I I remember like the first marches in Poznań or the first marches in Warsaw were also, you know, violent and there were people throwing things and, and uh, getting injured, but it wasn't a big thing back then because no one really cared about it, to be honest. Yeah. And uh, thankfully, thanks to thanks to recognition that our crowd has been get, getting more and more in Poland and also in the press abroad, it's starting to be a more prominent subject.
4: From my perspective um Białystok became like a symbol of the um, political climate in Poland it kind of uh, uh, it it was a moment it was the place uh that all the negative energy kind of uh, outburst uh and all the hard work that um let's say uh, the supporters of anti LGBT um uh, it, ideology yeah it it outbursted there but I joined pride very late uh, like um, when I moved to Krakow, because I'm not originally from Krakow. Uh, and that was the first time I uh, um, I joined. So I was on the first march, I think, um, maybe eight years ago. And it was really small. And uh, like in comparison to what happened last year and two years uh, ago in Krakow, which it kind of uh, grew in past three years. It became like a really huge thing, uh, gathering thousands of people. And there were always... Um, anti-demonstrations, but they weren't that big. Uh, and as you said, it was um, like there was this moment where, uh, kind of, a, we all had the feeling that we're living in a, uh, in a safe environment uh, with the people who are actually sharing our thoughts and sharing our visions of the world. Uh, whereas, like this situation in Białystok, kind of, uh, was a, I think, a wake-up call for everyone that's saying, uh, thinking like, okay, I kind of think I'm living in some kind of a bubble yeah. that uh, actually isn't what is really. It not really coherent what's happening outside of it and like how successful the propaganda of media and um, like le- uh, lack of education system kind of succeeded. So I think now it's really important that Uh, what your organization is doing and other local organizations and foundations are throwing prides and doing it in small cities like Novosantre lately and even though it's extremely dangerous because uh, we get the uh, information like every day that like the march in uh, Lublin uh, they so the city that is like what 300 kilometers from here 200 people uh, there wasn't there wasn't an anti uh, anti demonstration there were actually the the, uh, the police stopped the uh, terrorist attack the two people brought uh, self-made bombs to the to the March which is uh, terrifying and uh, and Yeah, I think it's good to try to push it through, but it's really hard to do it in this DNA.
2: I think what I would like to add also is very interesting that over the last three years, the number of marches in Poland grew, like, exploded, uh, really. And there were marches in smaller cities, like you said, in Novosanj, in various cities that were previously thought of as conservative and right-wing and supportive of the ruling party but what happened for example in Lublin or in Jesuf where there was also physical violence and attacks was that the numbers were similar and from my perspective at least at least and it looked like okay another it was terrifying for us but it was another thing that kept on going. But with Białystok and the whole propaganda ruled by both the church and the the ruling party and the amount of hate that was there present and the diversity of the crowd that was hateful uh, was something very new. And um, it showed that the message of hate spread not only to very right-wing radical movements, but also to mainstream, and that was terrifying.
3: One thing that really got to me when the whole uh, violence uh, outburst was publicized, and I think it was, it was good that it got publicized because uh, daily attacks on uh, our people are not really talked about, and people don't really care about them. And uh, this is like one or a couple of events that showed the whole country how we feel on a daily basis we can't you know we can't like wear our uh, favorite colors we can't look the way we want to look uh, and like we never know the time or place that something might happen to us i had like i personally had a, a dangerous situation last week in the uh, in the train just like two guys uh, that were really drunk approached me and were, they were talking to me like from this uh, perspective, and they were like, ooh, so are you some kind of a homo, you want to get beaten up, you know, we're going to come back for you, you know, it's like, it, and it, at some point it stop, starts getting so um, us- usual for you that you stop even looking at it yourself as as of something that should be, you know, that shouldn't take
1: place. <laughs> Yeah, for context, um, for those who don't know about the political situation in Poland, it's a conservative estimate that 70% of Soja people in Poland have experienced some sort of violence, like harassment from the public in their life. And the government you have right now is an extremely conservative government, which I guess goes back to what you were saying about propaganda. Just, it's very heavily inundated in the media, is this, like, this anti LGBTQIA propaganda.
4: Yeah, there was, um, this issue of, um, Gazeta Polska magazine, so the G- Gazeta Polska news, news uh, paper, which is named Gazeta Polska, <laughs> um, which is, uh, extremely right-wing that, um, they added to their one issue a sticker with stop, um, stop, uh, LGBT, uh, ideology and, uh, uh yeah, or yeah, LGBT free zone, which is, which is been more, uh, worse. Uh, people were actually buying the, the newspaper and stacking it on the on uh, various spaces around cities, which uh, it's uh, it's disturbing for uh, for everyone to see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like also kind of a symbol. You don't know uh, where you can like come across the negativity, which is really hard negativity. Mm-hmm.
2: But adding to that, maybe um, some guests here don't know, but we actually are in LGBT-free zone because our region was declared as such. So I don't know, I'm here, but okay. (laughs) Uh, And the number of LGBT-free zones, the regions that were officially recognized as such, is over 30 now. Uh, It's all sudden or... Uh, Eastern Poland, and it's a bit scary that your local government says that there are no people like you and you should not be here. So it's coming from so many directions attacking us on everyday basis that it's scary.
1: So to link this back I guess to the music community and the actions that were kind of taken in the wake of this violence, what was your immediate reaction or your collective's immediate reaction when you either the march finished, or you heard about
0: this?
3: When we heard about this, there was uh, immediately like a huge discussion on our uh, uh, chat, and and we decided to um, you know take a take a stand that was like completely unambiguous and uh, and like and discussion once and all uh, once and for all you know where we stand. Um, so we issued at first we issued uh, a statement online. And then I thought to myself that maybe we should push it further a little bit. And we started working uh, towards uh, expanding this like wave of support that started cropping up after Białystok. There was um, a couple of clubs and collectives that... Um, uh, also put up some posts that were supportive. Uh, I think Spitalna was also one of them, and then and then I was like, yeah, why not make it a, a, a countrywide wave? And we started putting up posts saying, hey guys, you know, um, please support us. Please give us like this little bit of. Uh, Support by I don't know either changing your profile picture to something rainbow or or maybe putting up a post saying come to us you're safe here you know mm-hmm. and uh, and the uh, the response was was absolutely staggering it it, it had like uh, I don't I think we had like around 50 big clubs festivals and, and uh, collectives uh, joining in so that was really positive. <laughs>
2: Maybe I'll start because the history connects here somehow. Because we are already planning something because we saw the propaganda. And when Bialystok happened, uh, we were like, no, we have to make something bigger. Uh, So we were planning an event in the city hall here. We were like, okay, let's contact Paulina and let's make it big and let's make it loud. That There is no... Um, acceptance from our side, from Krakow, to this kind of violence. So we invited ansand to organize a huge party in front of the city hall to show solidarity with Bialystok.
4: Yeah, that was the story. And um, beforehand from our side, it... Um The steps that we undertake was, as well as uh, other festivals, uh, changed our logo for for, uh, the support and um, for showing the support. And uh, I I think we were one of the first ones. But this is like, it's not important who was the first or who was the last. It's important that you, the the action that you're doing. And um, the co-curator of uh, Unsound, Łukasz Warnowisławski, also um, tweeted um, like this, he, he, he tweeted a tweet that kind of uh, uh, brought an attention of uh, foreign media and got uh, contacted by, I think, uh, representatives of your office as well. And it also started uh, on um, international level because um, I think that the piece uh, firstly was uh, published on um, on Resident Advisor, and uh, I think that the world that is more conscious and more has more knowledge about how. Important and how extremely dangerous thing happened in Poland. Uh, this, the music media started writing about it, and it was basically actually international uh, international music media that were uh, talking about the um, uh, the topic itself first. Because in Poland it was more like a news piece, mm-hmm. uh, and like and uh, posts on Facebook by um, journalists connected to the um, to the music world. But our music journalist world is way uh, small than international one, and I think that uh, this support, uh, international support, really helped giving this, um, this uh, message out there. That was like one of the um, maybe consequences of our, uh, positive consequences of, of our support. And then, yes, Miko contacted me because they were doing the, um, it was anti, uh, anti-hate, yeah, anti-hate event just right outside the um, city hall. And, uh, cause we were working before on uh, prides when I was working, um, in Spitalna. Uh, we were connected by our uh, mutual friend and also, uh, former stage manager, Mateusz Sornat, uh, about doing some kind of, um, upbeat, uh, thing, <laughs> doing DJ sets during the pride. So it gives, uh, gives this walk. Some more positive vibe, and it started. It uh, started small. We had a really small car, and it was raining three years ago. Yeah, uh, but it was like I think the spark that ha- that helped the march here in um, in Krakow, because uh, next year we had a bigger car and uh, a longer <laughs> sets and longer and uh, yeah. yes, <laughs> and drive uh, a limo now and more people joined. And last year we had uh, three cars. You had like we had together as well, mostly you had three cars with uh, multiple DJs and ten, over 10,000 people. And I remember my first Pride, this eight years ago. It was small and quite, uh, quite sad to be honest. Like you saw people who were really scared going through the through the streets. And then later on, eight years later, you have uh, 10,000 people dancing in the middle of the street. So. I did like a little background story, but that was what we did. Uh,
3: we actually uh, didn't stop with the, with the little wave. Uh, I I kind of stopped talking because I got a little bit overrun by emotion. Uh, but but um, we also did like a, a big fundraiser in in Warsaw. Uh, we raised, I think, uh, almost 2,000 euros just by that. And then uh, Justina uh, Fool, which is sitting right there and is uh, like the perpetrator of some of the ramix stuff that we do, was talking with, uh, with the New York Haunted label boss, uh, Drug Culture, and uh, they came up with the idea of, of, of Total Solidarity, which is a compilation of, uh, I think right now it's 126 tracks, isn't it? that we wanted to release an, uh, in order to raise money for, for LGBTQIA organizations in Poland. And at first it was supposed to be a really small thing, just like maybe, I don't know, 20 tracks. And, and we thought, oh, okay, we're gonna raise a couple of hundred what is and that's gonna be it. And then we kept getting more and more cocky, I guess, and <laughs> started, uh, started emailing and, and contacting uh, our friends also outside of Poland uh, and asking them for tracks, and um, the response again was absolutely amazing. Also, it got like a lot of really good publicity, which also started with Resident Advisor, by the way. We <laughs> we we were just like you know working day and night to to make it happen. Our whole collective, and then also people who have been help- helping us from outside, like. Um, Reidomurat from uh, Ufelo Studios in Berlin, who was you
1: mastered it in one day, right? Or... Oh
3: my God, she was. She, she's like a titan. <laughs> Sorry, um, she she mastered like over a hundred tracks over the course of of the week, which was I don't know, some 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 amazing tour de force in itself. <laughs> By now, we've raised fifty-five uh, hundred five, uh, 5, Euros from that. So wow. that's for for Poland that's a lot. And we're really proud of ourselves. <laughs> and you guys, because you've been buying it. <laughs> I can see it in your eyes.
1: <laughs> so I guess this event for many members of the music community was like a very big rally and cry. And even you were mentioning in your first answer, did you see that there were a lot of people who maybe didn't have a stance before that were were able to kind of like rally behind this because it was such a big event? Like, people were putting themselves out there in a way that they maybe wouldn't have before um, clubs or institutions.
3: I don't really have, uh, like, too much data on that. Um, and I And I think if I wanted to guess, I would say that maybe some people did, but right now, uh, situation in Poland and uh, minds in Poland in general seem to be so polarized that uh, you're either with us or you're like completely on the other side and uh, there's there's not many people who are neutral on the subject right now um, which is not not good either I guess but I think it's it's really important that we that it got shown how many supporters we have and how many people are willing to actually step forward and put like, Put in some extra work to make things happen to make it, you know, our country a little bit better for, for Soji people.
2: Hmm. I would just add that through all the, uh, actions with changing their Facebook profile pics and showing solidarity in some ways. I think that actually some clubs and places Decided to, let's say, out themselves as friendly. Because for many years, many clubs here, even in Krakow, forgot that they started with the Soji community or were not very keen on promoting Soji events. Yeah, you can do them here, but like, don't promote them too much. They changed their attitude and they, sh- they decided, yeah, we're gonna show, we're gonna stand in solidarity and i think that was the biggest thing to see that okay now we all together and there is no middle ground where we can hide
4: yeah i think it was quite natural when it happened like um everyone wanted to show their their support. so or crews uh promoters um journalists uh media like, uh, even big, like, really big media outlets, like the main ones in Poland, Gazeta Wyborcza or, uh, or Noise were changing their, either their, uh, Facebook covers, which is the most, of course, uh, popular way of showing support in social media now, or either, um, changing their uh, main websites or adding some kind of, um, information, uh, on, the, their profiles. So, so yeah, it was for me, um, for me, it was natural because I'm part of this, uh, this industry, this world, uh, this environment. So my feed, because we're referring to it, I was like covered with the words of support, uh, which was really uplifting and, uh, heartwarming. Um, and then, uh, also surprising for me, I saw that I, I saw, um, communities or promoters that I would never think that they would uh, show their support, which was, um, very nice surprise, which also, uh, then I think we're walking towards this, uh, this topic, uh, it's uh, coming, <laughs> it's coming, <laughs> um, uh, became, uh, like, like the starting point of another, um, of another social media outburst, uh, but yeah.
1: Yeah, it's uh, a perfect transition, I guess, into the social media outburst in question. Shortly after these events, um, transpired, there's a, Polish promotional company called Revive, who made a post on Facebook, or a member of this company made a post on Facebook, which basically um, stated that the promotional company and the festivals that they run, um, like Interior Festival, and they have a festival called Revive also, um, were apolitical in that like they weren't divisive, they were like not on either side, and they said uh, something which is the Engl- English equivalent of, you know, there's two sides to every story, so basically they were saying like, this is a place where you know we won't take a stance on either political side, we're apolitical, there's two sides to every story, we like support everyone, we're gonna create this like non-divisive environment. So I'll let everybody sit with that for, for one little second. So can you tell me a little bit about this? It's a now deleted Facebook post, but can you tell me a little bit about when were the first time you saw it and what the music community's reaction was to this?
3: I was supposed to play um, Interior Festival Mm -hmm. and uh, and when I saw that post, I uh, basically just like saw red and and, uh, was completely furious with how um, irresponsible it was. And uh, because, let's face it, Revive is a big, big outlet and they have a lot of people who look up to them. With with that comes responsibility and um, if they wanted to stay neutral, they shouldn't have said anything, I guess. Since then it has been um it has been uh, said that it's it was one one promoter in, in um in particular who, who wrote the post and who pushed it. I cancelled my show and then I just like put like a couple of, a couple of posts, like outraged posts uh, on my social media yeah and then it kind of snowballed into the into another post from them trying to rectify the other one, but it did even worse from what I can remember and uh um yeah it it all it all turned into this big shit show excuse the words <laughs> and yeah in the aftermath of that many many other artists started uh, cancelling their shows and the the interior festival got cancelled and
4: yeah, well for me it was um uh the uh, most surprising act of thoughtless uh, action of social media and um especially coming from the festival that is so big and have so much following in Poland. I wasn't so surprised to be honest like because it, it was um I kind of uh, saw this as um uh, as uh, answer to the action of the other festival that um kind of uh, stood in support with uh, uh with the cause. From my perspective, and I think, like from a lot of people from uh, music industry and environment perspective, it was like a uh, very low-level act of um, promotional, uh, promotional act that making um, showing people. We're inviting all of you who's feeling uncomfortable with the fact that the other festival mm. uh, stood uh, in line with the with the cause. And, uh, actually, um, people were, um, talking about it very openly in the, in the comments. Uh, there was a really huge, uh, conversation under, under this post before, before it got, uh, deleted. It was really, really low. And I think that, uh, it, as you said, it's better not to say anything if you don't know what to say. And it also showed that, uh, very sad, um, sad thing that, uh, There is this big part of, uh, let's call it, music industry uh, that doesn't really understand the foundation of uh, what uh, music is and uh, they don't know the history of music, they kind of uh, are there for different stuff and I'm not saying it's bad, uh, because you choose your own way and the... um, that's that's your uh, that's your decision, but it's uh, bad if you don't have the knowledge and you don't want to uh, gain it to get the bigger perspective. So,
2: for me, it was also interesting that I don't know. For me, it comes from a point of privilege of those people because they from Warsaw or they organize the festival near Warsaw. Uh, and it's, you know, a very comfortable place to organize a festival, and yet, uh, up-to-date festival that happens in Bialystok uh, did a human library to kind of celebrate diversity. Uh, a festival in Bialystok that could feel the most endangered mm-hmm. with the whole situation was brave enough to do something, and people from Warsaw were like, eh. So, for me, it was a lot of Privilege that uh, those people showed that okay we we can be in the middle ground again and we can do whatever we want we are the best and I didn't like that at all and i I saw the whole thing because of uh, Kayetan. I was very happy to see how many DJs and promoters commented on uh, those posts and uh, I remember the the coming weekend all the chats I had in Spital now about this post, and everyone was like, what the hell did they do? Why did they did it? So it was a great outrage of the whole community. I think it uh, all kind of
3: stemmed from lack of understanding and and, uh, from ignorance because uh, I know that promoter still holds his views and and, uh, And as you said, there have been countless people from the music industry who have been trying to comment on that and, and maybe, you know, explain what, what he did. Uh, that, that like doing this is, is, is pretty much the same as, you know, helping the oppressor, right? Mm I think he's just not really willing to understand um, the the whole scope of of, of what uh, what that meant, you know, and uh, and take take responsibility.
1: I'd just like to provide some context for everyone who didn't see these Facebook posts. I spent four or five hours uh, last night reading and translating all of them. Truly horrible stuff. So. After this initial post which um, declared the festival as quote unquote apolitical, there was a follow up post by the promoter from the company who apologized like on his personal account. And there was also a statement which basically denied that it was actually talking about soja issues but was referring to something more general. And it was just like coincidence timing basically. So um, uh, obviously these posts led to cancellations like your own and many other artists from Interior Festival like Avalon Emerson and Shaka. Um, and eventually the festival had to be canceled because so many artists dropped out. And so throughout these three different events, there was massive discourse basically within the music community and outside on Facebook. It can all be tracked through like hundreds of comments, basically um, trying to reason with uh, people on the other side. So when all of these artists started dropping out of the festival, and we saw like a lot about this in English-speaking music publications. Did you feel supported by the international community when all of this was happening?
3: Yeah, definitely. We, we had a lot of words of support uh, from outside as well, and uh, outside of Poland. Um, and also lots of good publicity, uh, and later also because of the compilation. So it all kind of tie, t- tied in with, uh, with the Białystok situation. But I also think it was kind of like an, an unfortunate thing for, for Revive because, uh, they were the first one to make a major misstep in, in this matter. And, uh, so they were the ones that got pretty much crucified for it, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah, they, they were like kind of like made an example of, uh, and I don't think some someone else any other promoters will, will, you know, do something like that anytime soon because of that situation. So I guess, yeah, it was a lesson.
1: But do you think they've actually learned anything from it? Because they're they're doing a festival again soon. And so I'm wondering, has there been any like action on their to side be, taken?
3: To be perfectly clear, I know many people who are doing Revive, yeah. and uh, they're people that would never um, discriminate or never take, like, uh, neutral stance, mm-hmm. uh, so I don't want to like um, generalize. I know I, I don't know the, the guy that uh, we are talking about, so maybe he didn't learn anything, but maybe he just didn't want to. If you want to learn something, if you, if you um, are supposed to learn something, you, at first you need to want to learn it, you know.
1: But the festival as a whole or the company as a whole, have they said, oh, this festival, now we are actually supporting Soja people, or we've made this in this effort to try and make it a, like um, a safer space, for lack of a
3: better word. I think as of yesterday, I've heard um, that, that they've put stuff in motion, um, thankfully, so so mm-hmm. I hope it all blossoms into a nice supportive <laughs> <laughs> action.
4: Yeah, I think, like, uh, we have to wait for their official steps and see. Mm-hmm. There's so countless ways of why, uh, of how they can, um, get engaged and, uh, show their support or show that they learned from the situation. So I think we just have to wait and, uh, hope for the best.
1: And to bring it back, I guess, to this divide within the music community, I was noting as I was reading through all of these discussions that kind of erupted on Facebook that like many of the commenters were repeating like they were repeat offenders, they would go and comment on every single artist statement, on every single saying, and a lot of them were commenting from um, very suspicious looking accounts with like no profile picture and a name that's like Fred Smith or something. The people that were pushing back and saying um, some really truly horrible stuff, I i won't say it here, but please note that these comments are about as extreme as it gets uh, as far as a hate speech. Do you think that these were people that are involved in the music community in some capacity or are fans or was it like alerted the alt-right came and kind of like started to comment themselves? Do you know, kind of like, did you know people that you were discussing with like that was on the other side of the argument, Um, how did that kind of play out?
3: I think I know maybe two people that were uh, commenting uh, in a negative way Uh, Mm -hmm. and I kind of, that caught me blindsided Uh, but hey, you can't really know a person until you've like known them for, I don't know, 20 years, right? Mm-hmm. But then on the other hand, uh, I found it really disturbing that uh, many of the comments uh, were actually turning back and amplifying the hate that, that um, started Białystok. They were um, like some keywords that were fed to the public by the ruling party, like homo terror and you know like homo terror has taken away our festival or like um, homo terror has made our our um, oh. favorite artists you know uh, yeah either yeah they, they turn them gay no um <laughs> Some people were were like actually commenting, "Oh, I'm never gonna listen to Shaka again," you know. Yeah. And I'm I'm pretty sure he's crying in his into his pillow right now. Uh, so so yeah, it was it was kind of like the same rhetoric that that started the violence, which is which is kind of unnerving.
4: Mm-hmm. For me, it was the the saddest part was um, like aside other levels of sadness, it was that. Um, it showed how many, uh, listeners of music actually do not listen to the music or are not interested in it. Uh, and what they're interested in is, uh, as a way of, um, re- relief and, uh, finding them and they just losing themselves for, mm-hmm. for, for some time, uh, on Friday and Saturday. And, um, it kind of like, you know, uh, from my perspective, I, uh, I worked in the, in the club. I work, uh, at Unsound. I also work with, artists that are um engaged in uh, um in the issues or t- take their um uh, take their job seriously and uh, there's more to music uh djing and uh were wor- this world than uh than just uh, partying and this uh, for and i think that it kind of uh, it was really um really f- from my personal perspective really sad to see that um we put so much work as promoters uh, as uh, festival organizers and we try to get the info uh to to as many people uh, as we can and uh, on the side it's so great to see so many people here present speaking uh, listening to us uh, and then there's this uh, then there's this situation there's this this uh, tons of negative comments saying either very very aggressive stuff, as you read, or saying, "Oh, let's keep uh, music neutral," and uh, it kind of showed that still music is seen more like uh, uh, losing losing themselves, like relieving act, than uh, what it really is. So, like, um, sta- like part of the art. So, mm-hmm.
2: for me, it um, is important to learn what. Paulina said that those people do not know. For me, it was more uh, mobilizing actually to look how uh, I create uh, parties, events, how I can get the message across better. Mm-hmm. And for example, I'm very happy and honored that we could collaborate today uh, this year with Ansant to create the mutual respect policies so that we can bring policies from, for example, Room, of res- room for Resistance and other groups outside of Poland here and show other clubs, other festivals, how those kind of policies and those spaces should be safer and should go back to the roots of being safe spaces for uh, expression. And um, I think that's very good that we have that now and we can spread it around Poland. Um, I'm happy about that.
1: So moving away from the context of this festival and kind of towards what it's like to go clubbing if you're living in a city and it's just a regular Friday or Saturday, um, you guys have kind of mentioned that some clubs took a positive stance towards this or these things that you were mentioning about making spaces safer. So um, have you seen the experience of just day-to-day clubbing improve since you first started going to parties and what are those improvements that, that have been made?
4: well uh, from from my uh, exp- experience as a club goer, uh when uh, when we started uh, working um, in Spitana three years ago we one of the goals was to make this space safe for everyone and it was uh, it was a hard hard uh, job but I think that we did quite well I remember that uh, after first pride we uh, I was standing behind a bar and um, Waiting for, uh, it, it was an after party after the pride. I don't know if I actually shared this story with you once. Uh, uh, it was the first, um, first, the first after party and we're preparing the club for, um, uh, for the, for guests and there was no additional security, no additional, uh, measures of, um, measures of security. And then like five big, uh, men came to the club and sit by the bar and asked me to um, to give them a beer. And I said uh, that I can't because I have no idea how to uh, actually open the bottle or just sell sell anything. And um, they were sitting and looking at me, it was like really one of the most terrifying experiences I had in my life. Because I was actually sure, there was like no security button anywhere near me and I was sure that they will actually throw the uh, the club. In the pieces and, but one of them just were so, uh, courageous that just took the, uh, the pride, uh, flag, uh, from behind the DJ booth and they just ran, ran out, uh, ran out of it. But, uh, <laughs> that was the only act they, they could do. But I think that, like, with this after uh, the, with this first after party, we, uh, kind of a here, here on the, um, on local level set, uh, some kind of, um, good example. And we always tried to create. Safer and welcoming space for uh, uh, all club goers, and I think it's happening all o- all around Poland uh, now as well. It, it, as far as clubs uh, are concerned, there's this action uh, that is held by uh, Noise PL, Noise Magazine, that uh, they're doing um, some kind of.
2: Uh it's a campaign uh yeah. by noise that they doing workshops for clubs yeah. on sexual violence in clubs and how to prevent it and how the staff should um behave if they hear a report of sexual violence.
4: Yeah, and what is uh important they don't do it just once, they um actually have this whole process of checking the whether the uh the staff is fulfilling their duties. Um and uh, and it's really important because when i was working in the club um i was actually personally uh trying to be um responsible for making people aware and uh educating them on the daily basis but then when i uh but it's um it's a hard work and it's it really needs um some kind of a support so it's great that the, uh that noise is doing it um Uh, constantly, because when I stopped working in the club, I kind of see that like some things are changing. They're still having the foundation of the uh, of let's say ethics code there but you can see the, uh, that you need to react uh, at the moment when even minor stuff is happening like when people uh, like bartenders uh, do not respect the fact that there's a trans person in uh, in the house and speaking to them uh, referring to their natural gender instead of the one that is chosen and uh, it's visible <laughs> if the um, bar staff or managers do not react it doesn't the, the change kind of fades away because it's it's a constant process of education and this is what is also I think that uh, is the foundation of uh, this uh, post that we talked about before it's a lack of education lack of uh, knowledge and uh, Willingness of people to to open their horizons to um, to stuff that are not uh, typical for them. So,
3: in, in my experience, uh, especially since uh, I started, I've started working with Oramics, um It's kind of like a, a a little bit of a Me Too situation. Not like hashtag Me Too, but you know, like. Everybody everybody wants in. Uh because when we started doing uh you know, like monitoring the safe space uh policies and uh sometimes just like taking care of how um, security uh, interacts with people in clubs, or like you know, if you get uh, too drunk or uh, you take in some some other stuff, it's it's you're not gonna get kicked out of the club. You're gonna get help, you know. Mm-hmm. Or uh, how um, you can always go to someone and say, "Hey, I just got like groped, or or molested, or whatever." Um, I think it's it's starting to. Uh, Pardon the the expression, but it's starting to get cool, you know? Like it, when the bigger clubs starting doing this and the, and the ones that were, uh, you know, go-to places, and uh, when they started giving you, like, unambiguous communication, okay, this is not good in our club, this is not going to happen, and uh, oh, you're going to get taken care of, all of the other clubs were starting to think, oh, my God, yeah, maybe we should do that too, you know? It's en vogue right now. Uh, which is also, you know, a valid uh, process. <laughs> so so uh, I guess s- sometimes even if uh, it doesn't stem from a genuine understanding of the subject, it's still, you know, positive. Hopefully
4: it's done right.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's, I'm interested in that. Do you, do you think it is done right? Uh, I think it de- depends
4: I don't know if I can uh, re- um, agree on that like if it's if it's uh, part of going um, part of being in vogue and um, if pe- if uh, rules or fo- following the the thought is not um, understood i think it might uh, also backfire in some place because you kind of start uh, adver- let's call let's use this word advertising yourself as a place that is safe and then uh and then people who um are coming, like the public who's coming to the club, can actually encounter the dangerous situation because people mm. do not understand, like yeah. sometimes really basic uh, behaviors of, uh, um, basic behaviors, that's why even at the festival that we're now at, we had situations like, uh, that. the festival that really um, communicates well, the rules, and uh, that's why we also set up the, uh, mutual respect uh, com- program that, is, that gives more spotlight to, to the issue. We also had this kind of uh, different um, uncomfortable situa- situation and Ansat um, is a big party, so like big festival and it's locally well known as, uh, as a place where big parties are being held. And with this recognition, uh, comes also um, maybe less uh, positive, uh, uh, less less positive factors. Like we uh, have uh, guests that sometimes just don't know what kind of festival they're coming to. They're coming just to a party, and then they encounter um, drag queens, uh, trans people, and they don't know how to act. And they sometimes act very uh aggressively or or negatively that's why we set up just just to have like the areas where you could feel um safe uh, to speak about or just like um hide for a moment and uh, seek help there's um there's um uh, i think 40 people will be working at the hotel forum parties to make sure that People, uh, our public feels uh, safe on our parties.
2: I think the incidents will always happen, and that's not like yeah. we can't yeah, yeah. prevent. We can try to prevent, but they will happen. But the re- the important part part is the response. So having something like mutual respect team or having something like trained bar staff is the important part, and. Uh I'm quite skeptical if this is actually a change that is going on because I think that most of the clubs are for now just showing the solidarity by changing the Facebook profile pics. And uh I've had clubs contacting me like how they could do that and that's the way to do it, like ask around. You have local organizations in all the cities. Uh, with all the bigger cities uh, that could help clubs with providing safer spaces. Uh, and ask uh, oramics mm. how they would like to feel when they play. And it's something like that to start, but um, they have to ask. They have to make the decision and they have to make um, the effort to, to do something. And for me, there is still a lot to... Do f- for them to be actually safer spaces. I think it's uh, also even
3: coming back to the revive post, I think it's all a matter of uh, uh, you know, getting to know how much you don't know about the subject, you know. Uh, and if there is organizations like Mikos like mine uh, uh, taking care of this, then guys really do reach out. We, we're here for that explicit purpose, you know. If if someone doesn't know how to how to you know um, institute a club wide or like festival wide safe space policy, just just drop us an email. An email you know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, you've all been involved in some capacity in invo- in um, producing events. So I guess speaking from this perspective, do you ever feel uh, fearful or uncomfortable or take pause in inviting international artists or speakers or fans to? to certain places in Poland because of the conservative and violent nature of the cities, like um, in places where being visibly soja might result in violence or hate speech or cause harm?
3: You know, that's actually a really touchy subject, I guess, uh, because um, I kind of feel that if we're living here every day and we can withstand it, then uh, it's kind of, Solidarity on your part if you come here and maybe live it with our with us. Of course, we're totally like um, trying to ensure security at all costs for for the artists or for um, any people that we book from outside. But then, uh, you know, what what else is solidarity if not you know relinquishing a little part of your own comfort to you know to to help others? Mm-hmm.
2: I agree with you, but also would like to add that, for example, we always try to inform the guests uh, of the situation. So I'm kind of happy that this, like the this year, it was very international media-covered topic: the homophobia and transphobia in Poland. Because I don't have to talk that much about it uh, organizing next events. Uh, but yeah, we try to inform and we try to say. Yeah, there is things, there are things like that going on in Poland, but at the same time, please come and please let queer people, uh, soji people in Poland be happy and um, be proud.
4: Mm. I can say that um, I'm quite lucky to be working either um, on the festival or I was working in the club or with the promoters that uh, are not. Uh, and uh, are not afraid to take a stand and uh, and the festival always and the festival how it's curated and who um, we invite um, also has a backup of uh, a lot of people who are working really hard for uh, our guests uh, artists speakers and uh, public to be feeling safe here so this is like this is um, comfortable, a bit uh, that uh, we are doing the best we can, and uh, when the decision on uh, whether to invite someone doesn't relate really on the uh, on the if it's dangerous, because we we work really hard for everyone to to be feeling safe here, mm. and I'm pretty sure, and I'm sure that also promoter, promoters here in Krakow who are. Um, doing, throwing parties aside the festival because there's a lot of going on here and we have quite a wide envi- um, and local club scene and promoters I know that they sometimes even naturally just follow the um, follow the lead so and I don't think that from the people who I know uh, and I know personally they do not make this decision also on the fact that. They just want to stand, um, take a stand and show, or they of course inform uh, artists, but it's, it doesn't really stand in the way of uh, fulfilling uh, what you stand for.
3: I, I um, Maybe I'm a little bit of an optimist and maybe a little bit too much, but... Uh, I've, uh, I think that you might sometimes actually be surprised of how much people, um, can be elastic when it comes to, uh, visible Soji people. Uh, I've, I've, uh, myself, I don't really look like very normative, right? Uh, and, and, uh, I think visibility is everything. Like, if, if we need, if, if we want to become, uh, Part of society that is equal, we need to show everybody that we're here and uh, we're not we're not going anywhere. Um, and I've actually seen like this is kind of a funny story, but I've I've actually seen. Uh, uh, stuff happened like um, back when I was playing in Saturator. It, it's kind of like a legendary club in Warsaw that doesn't exist anymore, and we had some really weird bookings there and uh, queer people coming and um, making like these absolutely crazy performances. And uh, I remember, and it was located in, in a very um, dangerous part of the city, which is Praga. Um, and I remember there was, like, this one uh, guy who who is a um, genderqueer performer um, who was performing practically naked and with, like, loads of makeup on. Um, he was like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to run around the corner and get myself uh, some kind of vodka that I really like and that the club doesn't have. And we're like, oh, you're in Praga, don't, don't do that. You're, like buck naked and, and, uh, and uh, you might get beaten up and, um, and uh, he was like, oh no, no, I need to go, I need to go and he ran away. And I was like, okay, I'm totally gonna have to chase him and 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 ensure that he he gets back safe. And uh, by the time I reached the, sh- the shop, he was already chatting with like three th- three of these huge, bold guys who I would have been afraid to walk by uh, on the street. And they were like best friends, and uh, he was like uh, giving them vodka, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> I think I Universal think it's, language. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's I think it's a matter of of uh, how we present ourselves as well. Like sometimes I need to bite my tongue and not um, I, and not pay aggression back, and just like paint myself as the most humane uh, person ever to show these people that we're like completely normal humans. You know, we just happened to kiss someone else. <laughs>